1: The Xfinity Studios at WVON. We're your original social media. You're
0: listening to American Heroes, hosted by Cliff Kelly on WVON AM 1690.
1: And welcome back to America's Heroes Group Roundtable Community Outreach Segment. Today is Saturday, September 25th, 2021. And September is National Suicide Prevention Month, and also Hispanic Heritage Month. I am Sean Claiborne, uh, National Guard veteran, U.S. Army Army Illinois National Guard. Spilling in for our host, Cliff Kelly and Dr. Damon Arnold. Executive producer is our Glenda Smith, and our digital media producer is Ivan Ortega of Scouts Honor Productions. And today we have a great segment. We have a special guest on our line right now, and that is U.S. Army veteran and founder and director of Project Die Hard. This is Mr. Brian Gibson. Brian Gibson has a faith-based uh, organization and he's been doing a lot to help veterans. He's going to talk about that today. How you doing, Brian? Oh,
2: I'm doing well, brother. How
1: are you doing? Pretty good. So how's the weather out where you're at where you're at right now?
2: Well, I am currently down here in Georgia, just outside of Atlanta uh, at a sister charities event. Uh, We have our sister charities, and we all work together to help America's heroes. I appreciate that.
1: Now, what is Project Die Hard? What is the mission of Project Die Hard, and and why does it matter?
2: Well, Project Die Hard's mission is first and foremost to bring public awareness to veteran suicide. Hmm. Our goal is to build safe, secure places where a veteran can transition from active duty back out to the civilian world in a safe, secure place.
1: Okay. And how do you do that? What are some of the tools? Because that's something that's really, really critical. We can talk probably forever and in a day about uh, what is going on (laughs) with the pullback, this vacuum that happened in Afghanistan recently. The switch was pulled on, all the soldiers and troops and people were just gone. And then now you have the Taliban back in Afghanistan. And then now we have a lot of returning vets who are st- struggling with what their time and service meant, what their sacrifices meant, and also contemplating what they're going to do now. Like, what's the next chapter of my life? So, you know, so how do you, what are the tools you have at your disposal to try to help veterans transition from the military mentality to civilian world again?
2: Well, the first thing I want to tell all my brothers and sisters that were just came back from Afghanistan. I was there, right? Just take heart. You did your job, right? You Mm -hmm. did your job. You did what was required of you. So it's all right to take a knee, but to never quit. And we're here to help you. Uh, let me start with a little bit about my background. Okay. All right. You introduced me 26 years, United States army. I was a combat medic. Okay. Uh, 11 years ago, I self-medicated with alcohol. Mm -hmm. That that was my, my medication to beat down the demons. Mm Mm-hmm. And it came all the way up to a point where I had a 45 in my mouth. Hmm. But God saved my life. Okay, so for everything I talk about from here on out, it's all to the glory of God. Amen. Okay. So God saved my life, and this is how I know God got a sense of humor. Because he saved my life in a pink building that yeah. held a biker church.
1: I say a pink building that held a biker church? Yeah. Okay, the pink <laughs> the pink building was a church? I Am I saying, saying, saying that the church was pink? Yeah.
2: <laughs> the out, the outside of the building was pink, and the Free Spirit Biker Church was inside that building. <laughs> okay, so God has a sense of humor. We know this. But he's also a man of great, great blessings and strength, <laughs> Uh well, got saved was getting into the word really, really good. Uh again, twenty six years in the army, I'm not gonna bore you with the details of Iraq, Afghanistan, you know. Everybody's heard all those stories. Well, they're all true, okay? Mm Uh and again, this is not about me, this is about the graces of God.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. Now, tell me tell me one thing, before you joined the military, what brought you to the military? Was it something you was it nine Because that's about right about your timeline already takes us back to nine eleven. So was it nine eleven that maybe brought you into the military? Or was it something that you was in your
2: family? Oh it was in my family.
1: Okay. That was okay. Hard. I understand that was my same yeah. thing with me. So
2: Yeah. My family is if you're an able bodied male, you will at least do one tour. Mm-hmm. Well, I got in there and just, I found a home in the Army <laughs> and got my education, rolled on, and, you know, just did the Army thing. I'm a soldier.
1: Mm-hmm. And then how do you transition now? So you, now you come out, you have a lot of things on your mind. There is, I mean, you have, I mean, and every, and I think every, I don't care who you are as a veteran. I think every veteran at some level experiences that, that fish-out-of-water experience where, I mean, I don't know if you want to call it PTSD or if you want to call it just um, change, abrupt change of lifestyle, whatever you want to call it. There is that moment when you leave the military and, and you wake up at that, that 4.30, the day, the day your first day as a civilian, you're like, what do I do? You just wake up at 4.30 even though you don't have to be up until 7. and you want to go do PT or uh, physical training. You want to go out and do whatever. So you now are back home and the demons are there. And you you try to take your own life, and God pulls you up from uh, from that deep depression. Then how did you how do you transform to become a leader of others to help them get to that point like where you are at now? How do you how do how do you what's your process as far as uh, getting people to see the glory of life and the glory of truth and love and to be able to appreciate everything God's done for them? you Brian, Brian, we lose Brian there, right, I think he's back. He's coming back on. It was the second audience. We are getting Brian back on the line. Brian, you there? Okay. <laughs> there you Did you hear my question? Okay.
2: Yes, I heard your question. Okay, perfect.
1: So, so
2: okay. <laughs> so, yeah, so, uh, leaving the military, right, I just was talking with some people as we were sitting up here, some of my other brothers and sisters, mm-hmm. and the biggest thing that everybody misses is the camaraderie shit. The teamwork, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, we tell all the victims we talk to, right? And look, there's still teams out there. You just got to find one that you belong to, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, there's always good things to be done that need their experience, their help. And it, it could be a release for you. It could be a therapy. You know, it's volunteering down at the local humane society. It's, you know, whatever. Get out there. Get active. Meet new people. Do things. Mm -hmm. Don't sit and wallow. Because that does nothing. It does no good for nobody. Mm
1: -hmm. And how do you motivate someone to start? Because, I mean... I think veterans, once you go through a military service, I'm not a combat veteran. I want to make that disclaimer right now because, I mean, I know being in combat is a whole different story. And once again, even if you're not a combat veteran, that fish-out-of-water syndrome, if you want to call it that, when you come back to civilian life, um, that is something that's real. That's real. Some people, it might last a few weeks, a few months. Some people last for years. Some people last until their 70s. I know Vietnam vets are still dealing with that. So the thing is, when you have someone um, that, that you come across that now is you're trying to help them uh, find their cause or find their purpose, find their team to join, uh, what are some of the things you tell them? What are, you, what are some of the things that you do to build their spirit up?
2: Well, first and foremost is listen. Talk to them. You know, talk. Mm -hmm. That's the biggest thing we start every veteran on is to talk. Uh, Good, bad, or indifferent, we've all been there, we've all done it, we'll all listen. And then listen. Whether it's, hey, I think you might fit into this or you might fit into that. Take advice. You know, don't be uh, pig-headed, quote-unquote, you know, stubborn. Uh just like with me and Project Die Hard. I you know, I got a great team behind me mm. that keeps me motivated. That keeps me rolling on. But they also listen. Mm. And you know, that's just that. I mean, there's always another day. That's the biggest thing we we I got to tell my brothers and sisters. There's always tomorrow hmm. Just because you may have stumbled today doesn't mean you give up the fight. You still got to take that next step tomorrow because the sun's going to come up. So uh-huh. what are you going to do tomorrow?
1: Well, and I think that's really yeah. powerful to say, because that's one of the things you're taught in the military is to not quit. You're taught to no matter what. If you have one ounce of blood in your body, you got to keep on going because if you stay where you're at, it may not be so good. At least, you, if you move forward, you have a chance of surviving, it's a chance of getting better to a better position, a better higher, higher ground. You always want to keep pushing forward. So tell me, tell me always. the time. Yeah, exactly. Always. I mean, now tell me the timeline of how Project Die Hard developed. So you started. So now you're you come to the realization that you have to do better in your life, and now you're trying to do better in your life, and you're doing better in your life. What was, how did you get your first people around you? How how did you build your organization up to where it is today?
2: Well, it all started six years ago when I got the call from the wife of one of my brothers. And I'm talking a brother, you know, a few tours together. You know what I'm talking about, Mm, right? My brother and sisters know, here, you can sleep with my whoopee, you know, brother. (laughs) and you know how woobies are.
1: (laughs) Wow, that's deep. Uh,
2: But she called me in a panic. Doc, Doc, what do I do? What do I do? And I'm like, well, you got to take a breath. I got to know what's wrong. He's hanging in the garage. Wow. That's when I prayed to my Lord, look, something better has to be. And the soldier, give me the mission. I'll take it. Whatever you throw at me, I'm going to take it. Well, at that time, uh, part of my therapy is turning wrenches. And I was building a motorcycle. Mm -hmm. And a couple of veteran buddies of mine came down to the house to help out, you know, tear it down do the inventory, all that nice stuff. When you start building a motorcycle and my one friend goes, Hey doc, you know, if your shop was bigger, You know, we could get all these tools and knock this all out. I was like, well, yeah, dude, I know this. Mm -hmm. But isn't that every guy's dream to have a huge shop, right? Mm -hmm. And then my other buddy goes, man, if I stayed here for 30 days, Doc, we could get this thing knocked out. And Johansson was just one of those guys, I love him to death. But the last time we hung out for more than three days, there was bail money involved.
1: <laughs> was there drinking involved, too, or no? Say again? Was there drinking involved, too? Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so drinking and but, drinking, uh, bail money usually somehow yeah. have a strange relationship.
2: <laughs> but he's just one of those great guys that when he says, hold my beer, watch this, he usually involves everybody around him. Wow. I don't know how he does it. But he does it. <laughs> wow. But then it was hmm, a safe place where veterans can come, turn a wrench, work on a piece of wood, do something. Mm-hmm. That was the nexus of Project Die Hard.
1: Before you okay. go on, I got to stop you because you mentioned something. You said your you said your friend or buddy was hanging in the garage. Yeah. Okay. So did he did he live? Did he pass? What happened with that? He passed. I'm sorry to hear about that. Well. My condolences to you and, and their family and your family as well because I know that's hard.
2: Well, it was. It, I mean, it hit me hard because he was one of those guys of you never think of it. Hmm.
1: That's usually, as you for some know what reason, I mean. It seems like you, you hit something, but for some reason is that seems to be the case. It's always the person that you least expect is the one that seems to be the one that always is the one that's not there anymore.
2: Oh yeah, uh, this is why when I do public speaking and people ask, you know, what can I do? Well, there's a myriad things you can do, but one of the big points I point out is. When you go throughout your day and you see the guy wearing a veteran hat and you ask him, hey, how's your day going? Are you prepared to stand there for two hours? Mm-hmm. They go, what do you mean? And I said, you might be that voice mm-hmm. that they open up to.
1: I think that's important You you mention that because oftentimes in society – and there's a and this is this it goes to a, it's to a, it's a biblical thing, but also a military thing. It's an American thing. It's a many it's many thing. But when you say something out of your mouth, do you really mean it? Or are you just giving? When you say Hi, how are you doing, do you really mean how do you how are you doing? You know, it's funny yeah. cuz I walked into the studio today, I, I said to uh, to our our digital media producer Ivan, I said, you know, how you how do you how do you feel? How are you feeling? And that's in my community where I come from. That's just a, a slang, a colloquial thing. How you feel It doesn't mean that you're sick or you were. You know, he's like, well, "I look sick," you know. As I've heard before. Uh, ironically, in the first game to Chicago, I used to get that all the time. But where I come from, you know, it's like, "How you feeling? It's how you doing? How you, you know? How's it? How's it going?" That's that was that slang. But when you say it, do you mean it? And if when this person's going to talk to you about what's really going on, are you going to sit there and listen to that person?
2: That's the key. That's the key.
1: So here we are,
2: 2018. I bounced this idea around some of my friends, and they're like, Yeah, we could do this. So we formed Project Die Hard, a 501c3 nonprofit organization with our mission and our statement. And we were raising funds to purchase 114 acres. In Western Kentucky to establish Fort Hope. Wow. Okay. Well, we just started getting rolling in 2019. And then 2020 hit. Hmm. That's all I'm going to say about that.
1: <laughs> where, where can we find more info on Project Die Hard? If people want to connect with you, if people want to find out what you're about, I saw your website. Can you give us the website address and also different ways we can connect with you?
2: Oh, yes. Our website is projectdiehard.org. We're on Facebook at Project Die Hard 22. Uh, we're on Instagram at Project Die Hard. There's a few others out there. I don't know all of them. I got a person that does that social media thing. Hmm. I know the main ones. <laughs> <laughs> but that's where you find the information on us. But now this is where I got to tell you a little bit more about God's grace. So we're Getting ready to shut the doors because funding was just not there, and you know it takes funds mm-hmm. to operate, right? Mm-hmm. It does. Mm-hmm. And I'll be honest; uh, I couldn't put another mortgage on my house.
1: You put you say so you put a mortgage on your house to support Project Die Hard?
2: I put two of them on my house, so you put two. two okay to keep project diehard going
1: maybe rewind a little bit so how did you get the funds originally to launch project diehard you bought 114 acres was that because no we didn't no what was that
2: no we didn't no we didn't we were raising funds oh i see okay so now we're raising those funds right 2020 hits Mm -hmm. we almost shut the doors and then by god's grace this little church down in Tennessee heard about our mission. The pastor called me and says, what can I do for you? And I told him about our mission. And his church gave us a small donation so we could keep going, right? Mm-hmm. Which led to the veterans of foreign wars doing a story on the mission of my. Which led to WSIL TV three there in Marion, Illinois, to do a story on us, Okay. which led to the Haven of Love Christian daycare of Macanda, Illinois, seeing the story. They called us up and said, hey, you want to come up and tell us about the mission? Well, of course, I'll travel anywhere talk about the mission. Again, I got to say thank you for letting me on this show because, again, that's God opening a door. Mm -hmm. Uh, He takes me around these 20 acres in this 10,000 square foot building, and this brother Richard, he goes, can you use this? And I went, well, of course, brother, we could use it, but there's no way we can afford this. He goes, Well we we've been praying for ten years to find a mission to donate this to and you guys are it. Wow. Yeah. Wow. God is great.
1: So fin- right? right, exactly. Now financially speaking, are you guys doing okay now? Are you guys uh solvent? You guys doing be able to do all of the things that you that your mission needs you to do?
2: Well, we're not totally solvent as of yet. Okay. So what steps, uh, what steps
1: since you, you, have the, you have an opportunity right now, you're on a radio, you're technically all around the world um, right now, if you had to send a message out, if you were to send a lifeline out and you wanted veterans to step up and help you, what can they do to help you?
2: Visit our website. Okay. Share our Facebook page. Tell people about us. Okay. I do not take a salary. None of my board takes a salary. Two months ago, I turned down a very large sum of money, and I'm talking large, that probably could have funded us for four years, because this individual, and I will not put his name out there because he's on our prayer list, had one major stipulation that I just couldn't overcome. Every veteran that comes to our facility will so Brian, get a Bible. Brian, and the, I
1: hate to cut you off, Brian. We're running a little bit out of time. One more time, give us your website, and then also um, send out a message to the guys and gals out there that are listening to you and want to help you.
2: Okay. So we have to raise $800,000 to remodel the building in our first year of operation, People can help us by becoming a patron. $22 a month is what we ask for. I don't take a salary. None of my board takes a salary. We are a true nonprofit.
1: I appreciate that, Brian. Uh, Thanks, Brian. Thank you so much for coming on the show, America's Heroes Group. I really appreciate the work that you do and also appreciate the fact that you are actually out there talking about something that is very, very difficult. Once again, my condolences for the loss of your friend. I know that's really tough and I know it's really hard. And also my condolences to your family. And I do wish you the most success and, and also financial success because it's because uh, things don't get done without money oftentimes, but you guys looks like you're on the right path. Check out the website, the project diehard mission, Brian Gibson. Thank you for your support. And thank you for reaching out to America's heroes group.
2: Well, again, thank you for the opportunity to share the mission and, Your donation is our ammunition to fight the war on veteran
1: suicide. This is America's Heroes Group. We'll be right back.
3: I'm Cliff Kelly, Vietnam veteran and host of America's Heroes Group, the game changer in radio, print, and digital media programming. We are a roundtable talk show where information, resources, and referrals are provided intentionally every Saturday to empower our military population on WVON 1690 AM, the iHeart Radio app from 4 to 6 PM Central Standard Time. Please visit our website at www.americashg.org. Hi, this is Cliff Kelly, the host of America's Heroes Group. If you or a loved one has been injured in an accident or the result of malpractice, you have only one chance to get the compensation you deserve. You need a law firm you can trust with experience and resources who will fight on your behalf with a proven track record of excellence both in and out of the courtroom. Call Sidman Margulis and Fairman at three one two. for a free consultation or visit SeidmanLaw.net that's Seidman
0: S-E-I-D-M-A-N Law.net Hey Cliff, where can a veteran business owner go on the south side of Chicago for breakfast, lunch, and dinner meetings? I'm a veteran and that's an easy answer. Pearl's Place on 39th and Michigan.
3: Pearl's Place has free parking available across the street reasonably priced quality food that tastes delicious veteran owners there's no place like Pearl's Place
0: Governor of Talk Radio your executive producer wants to know where can I go for delicious shrimp any suggestions?
3: absolutely the one and only veteran business owner Harris Gulf Shrimp at 7448 Vincennes I personally eat there The price and shrimp are nothing other than fantastic.
0: Thank you, the one and only Governor of Talk Radio. Market, advertise, and sponsor your business with Vietnam veteran Cliff Kelly and America's Heroes Group, where information and resources are intentionally disseminated via radio, print, and social media. Call our office for more details at 312-803-2618. Tayback Law
3: is proud to sponsor and partner with Vietnam veteran Cliff Kelly and America's Heroes Group. I'm Attorney Monica Ireland Karras of Tayback Law. If you're a veteran and you have been wrongfully denied your VA benefits or you feel your condition was not properly evaluated by the VA, visit TaybackAttorneys.com. At Tayback Law, we fight for those who fought for us. 414 375 1735.